we discovered the biggest candy store for surf that could ever be. And we were completely and utterly just blown away by not only the quality, but the consistency of the surf and the lack of people. G'day listeners, you're tuned to Soundwaves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. Between the wave and the rave, between the heaving shack and the martial stack, between neoprene and spandex, the mosh pit and the death pit, fiberglass and vinyl, the boogie and the board, between Brian Eno and George Greeno. So wax up your stick, crank up the stereo, paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is sound waves tales from the shack 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 yes we're going business class which is exciting yes Qantas business class I just thought I'd ring to let you know that we're going away this week and we're going business class Mare oh salamadatang Mare Kath bakbak sanjatidak business class Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey, hey. Why did I just take a bite of a banana? Mate, that's uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm taking, I'm I'm taking a pancake. Oh, mate, it should be a banana pancake and a fruit salad with a with a bit of pawpaw and some lime juice. Oh, my god, Mm. and and coffee that you could. The spoon just sticks upright in it. Bali coffee. Nice. Uh, no, it's not nice. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> and, in fa- and, and in fact, um, speaking of Bali coffee, uh, Mrs. Nermelston and I went up into the mountains. Um, are we talking about Bali, by the way? Um, mm-hmm. Listener, um, if you hadn't already got it. Um, we went up into the mountains, you know, and uh, went and to one of those places where they have the uh, my my brain's not going to work the coffee that's you know pooed oh, out yeah by the, that with that yeah the possum whatever civ- those things civ- civ- civets yeah civets yeah I forget the civ- name of the coffee but um, poo. uh, and we saw the poor little civets in their cages but actually apparently they that obviously they get out at night because they let them out to eat, eat the eat the coffee eat the coffee beans. And we had the coffee and uh, we bought some coffee and yeah, I mean, it, it was not terrible. <laughs> I, wouldn't say, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the best coffee I've ever had before um, or the worst. Uh, it's certainly better than the, uh, than your classic barley coffee. But um, uh, I think I, it was served our particular little uh, tour and with uh, coffee was served with some um, Iraq. So I think the oh, Iraq, wow. the Iraq that was more, for, for me, the, uh, the Iraq was um, more interesting than the, um, the coffee. It starts with L, but I'm, I'll have to, uh, I'll yeah. have to re- research it anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, <laughs> and, the, and the theory being that the, the civets, uh, they pick the best coffee bean because naturally mm. they, they um, like the sweetest and tastiest bean. And so they're, they're the selection process. So the fact that yes. they've eaten them and and shat them out the other end isn't relevant. It's just the fact they've picked the nicest ones. I can't remember from from my uh, from our tour 
whether the digestive juices do something to the coffee bean as well. Perhaps, perhaps. Mm, maybe. And, and, and do maybe. they choose like hipster civets? Because you think, you know, <laughs> well, there's plenty hip, of um, ear piercings <laughs> on the uh, on the road to freaking um, the road to Echo Beach. There's plenty of hipster bloody uh, home ro- whatever roasters um, mm. pumping out good coffee. And actually, uh, haven't been to Bali for a good few years. But last time we went, we did have some. F- freaking mighty fine coffee at a place called revolver which oh was, yeah uh, yeah have you been there uh yeah yeah yeah, they're, they're, I think yeah they, uh, that's really nice <laughs> man they make the most crazy mahi mahi burgers as well so anyway wow wow yeah but um we're, we're jumping the gun mate we're jump we're jumping we the uh we're jumping the gun we've um we've uh you know we're we're, we're racing that racetrack section when we should be stalling i was gonna say more like impossibles we just know the closeout <laughs> sections coming <laughs> exactly or belangan have you surfed belangan um yeah <clears throat> similar uh, it's very frustrating wave i'm sure that uh, yeah i'm sure that it can get good um i mean when it looks when good I, in photos well it, it looked good from the beach when i the the one time I surfed, it was absolutely pumping, but fuck, it was difficult yeah. to surf. Mm. Mm. Anyhow, so um, uh, where does this fine day find you? Um, yeah, at, at uh, home look, in at home in quarantine. At home, at home in our um, Clayton's lockdown, we're still allowed out, which is nice. Um, thanks, guys. <laughs> so no, no, it's it's you know, it's, don't want to dwell on that too much, but we're you know still being able to get out and surf. So. Um, but hasn't been a lot of surf lately. There's actually um, a lot on the way. I just saw, I think Wind Guru had to invent a new color for the swell size coming up. It's uh, seven meters uh, black. Oh my God. Uh, it's just brown. Civet <laughs> poo brown. Uh, no, it is, what, seven meters, 11 seconds peaking on Tuesday night. So, yowza, south, straight south. Straight south, but then. So I'm thinking Wednesday is going to be just too big for me at least and windy and messy, but Thursday is looking four meters offshore, 12 seconds with a Southeast swell. So North Sack, maybe I don't want to dwell on that because it gets me scared. Um, But (laughs) the uh, lately they're doing a lot of uh, that. My last piece of surf equipment, well, equipment is the, uh, has been the snorkel. Yeah. I've seen a couple of photos. Um, those oh no that was um that was our mate up our, our man in dampier who had the the pictures with the groper wasn't it oh yeah no we, we've been actually um mrs bodge has been doing quite a lot she's been spotting quite a lot of stuff um amazing um uh, a cuttlefish which are incredible Ooh, creatures um, yeah they are apparently they, they have are. three hearts and all this kind of weird stuff but uh yesterday we went out just north zach and saw a couple of uh, port jackson sharks which are Nice. Really, really amazing. Yeah, yeah. But mm. um, so that's me in the water. How about you? You've been well. Uh, yeah, I have um been equally non surf tastic. The surf here continues to be. I mean, uh, I've subsequently learned that actually Europe has had the worst summer on record. So it's not just, it's wow. not just us. It's not just us here. Us here. I read an article from France and they were all pissed off. And I talked to 
had a long conversation with a mate in Cornwall yesterday who said it's been absolutely shit house. So um, yeah, right. we, we are, we are due big time, but mm. um, actually I've, I've been doing something all week, uh, which has, I've, I've discovered is for me, like the, it's, it's the, it's a revelation. I've been swimming in rivers. Oh, okay. Um, River swimming. Yes. So we went up to this beautiful part of the world that's only a couple of hours from here, and uh, basically jumping off, uh, jumping off uh, rocks and swimming under Roman bridges, and um, oh, yeah, so. in beautifully hot, hot weather and beautifully. Uh, beautiful temperature rivers that kind of flow straight out of the uh from the mountains it's yeah absolutely divine so oh, you got yeah. a, you got a tube or are you just floating no no i got a tube yeah on my um um i got a got a little barrel actually um on, oh, on no, no, i mean little... oh, so... <laughs> oh right river, no i mean, kind no, of I mean like a tire tube uh no um, there's no it's not really that they're not the they're not kind of there's not that much water flowing, but what they do, which is really interesting, the um, in in many different areas, they they make these little weirs, and so oh, they they, they kind of yep. they make these swimming holes, which are just absolutely divine. And um, being the very sensible people that they are around here, they next to the swimming holes, they have uh, little bars, and everyone's, <laughs> awesome. every everyone's nicely behaved, and you know you're sitting out looking at a you know thousand year old village with a roman bridge and um yeah it's all very picturesque so um nice oh. can't complain but, but you, um, you, you did get tubed i did get tubed yeah um so obviously they have, the, they have these weirs and as the um the water spills over the edge of the weirs it's almost like a um you know chain yeah. hang you, you get under nice. the, get a little mini mini little pool barrel vision. little pool barrel yeah, so that was nice. That was that was good. And um, I just realised that swimming in fresh water, especially when it's super clean straight out of the mountains, when you get out of the water, your skin just feels fucking mm. a, mil- a million percent better. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice. So, uh, But tomorrow there's a promise of a tiny bit of swell. So okay, I'm, I'm going down at dawn with the mid-length in... The vain hope that uh, Huey will send a couple of little waves my way. So. Oh, good stuff. Oh well. Yeah. Well, that yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. Um, mm. And anything it been floating <laughs> your boat or floating um, your <clears throat> inner tube? <laughs> uh, floating my boat. Mm, um, I kind of watched half-heartedly watched a couple of those waves from the swell at Chopo. Which oh yeah, kind of, which kind of looks crazy. Too, too surreal to um, even yeah, kind of compute. You know, it's like mm. yeah. doesn't make any any sense. And then I saw a video of Justine Dupont surfing a right. Um, that I don't know if you have ever seen that. There's a right that Shane Dorian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same right, and um, it's a huge, right. humongous wave. Um, I would say that she does her very best to dodge the barrel, but um, <laughs> that's just me being a little bit, um, a little bit uh, scathing in my uh, cr- little bit of critique there. But yes, yeah. it's it's an enormous um, and very perfect barrel. But uh, and then um, uh, musically, um, 
musically i've been um haven't been getting into too much but um i made dano sent um something just today and i, I would listen to it a, a bit while i was doing some gardening um the art of storytelling by slick rick and i don't i don't know if you've heard much slick rick but um, uh, no no yeah, yeah do yourself a favor um uh, Dazza and listener, um, Slick Rick is a rapper to um, to really get your get your get your listening gear around. Yeah, nice. so the art the art of storytelling. Slick Rick, nineteen ninety nine. I'm trying to claim things I haven't earned. Honest man, Slick Rick and Outkast is on this jam. What kid diamond on a two two grand? Trying to help raise our youth to man. So get the ruler Rick, his face to slam. Help clean up this land. The reputation of this man With whole and with stand Outcast and slick, the answer is in it Hun, you need to get your ass on the dance floor this minute We bruised up, knock you out, shoe socks Show your ass move, you forgot what mad smooth snugs mughm? We like to party, don't make me get money And platinumize my body Wow, okay, no, that's What about you, uh, any, any, any Well, surfing-wise, surfing? I don't know um, Apart from uh, Bali-related stuff Which we'll talk about later Um mm-hmm. I did. I didn't watch any of the comp in Mexico, but um, all I, I all I watched was a little uh, highlight reel of um, the. I don't know what they call it, like the heritage. Section. Oh yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah. So they had the um, uh, selection of kind of. I think it was kind of up our alley. I think because we've spoken about pretty much all the boards that they rode. Mm. So basically, it was about eight surfers riding eight sort of historically relevant surfboards they had the um the thruster the simon anderson thruster i think ryan callanan initially surfed it looked quite um yeah but he did he did do some nice um turns you could definitely see see what was going on there the the Mm. mr20 steph gilmore of uh, course that Mm. uh the js i think you mentioned this the the andy irons js um, the really thin thin one yeah, and Mikey Wright, he looked like he was actually struggling on that. It might have, he might have just been too big for the actual dimensions, I think. Yeah, and um, uh, I mean that's a, that particular board, whatever it was. I think it's when it goes to show, even because whenever that comp was, I think it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, or maybe yeah, around that time. Yeah, boards have, have changed since then. Well, so, yeah, because yeah. I think Andy Irons was writing a. I might, I might be wrong, but I think he used to write a 6-2, which is kind of, you think now, fucking hell, 6-2 is what John John rides in like a 73-foot surf. <laughs> that's right. That's his, that's his double step up. Mm. But it does um, look very, it, it looks very thin. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, then there was the Lopez single fin with um, Caroline Marks. She seemed she's like she's a, she was styling on that. She um, yeah 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 on the on you know it's not easy to ride a single fin on your backhand. No, oh, on your backhand. Actually, yeah. Having said having said that, actually, and um, this is links to our um, conversation uh, that we will be having. I once well, I may have talked about this, but I once rode for a few days in a row a my single fin out a kind of four to six foot noosa doer and fuck oh, it went oh fuck wow it, fuck it went well on the backhand i must say you know when that oh. when noosa, noosa doer just kind of lines up you got those can peaks run that, that, yeah yeah oh man very nice mm. beautiful 
Um, and the, what other boys? The, yeah, the, oh, the girl, the girl on the bonds. I, I thought she 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 stole the show, really. Um, yeah, well, she. I, I've mentioned Leah Dawson before on on the. I think it was our female edition. She was kind of my yes. pick, one of the best female surfers out there, and she yeah, definitely she was great. Meanwhile, Leah Dawson. I mean, this is her bread and butter. She's right at home on a beautiful bonzer board like that with the cheater five into the tube. Leah is so good at surfing. She's so smooth. That board really looking good. It fits her surfing like a glove. Campbell Brothers shaped this surfboard <laughs> when they were 15 and 18 years old. Imagine that. It was considered the first standardized surfboard model to herald a tri-fin but yeah, but but there was one board I wanted to mention because I hadn't heard of it before. Uh, I think through most of the two thousands, I don't know. Maybe I was more into uh, nappies than I was um, surfing. But the, the five, <laughs> the five foot five inch. Ah, uh, yeah. And there was a whole uh, surf movie about it. The Irons yep. Brothers wrote it. Uh, you, yeah. Well, I know. I, mean, the, I I have seen the film. I think I might have watched it on like YouTube or or. Maybe I downloaded it in yeah. a not so legal way at one stage. Five five by, is it like? I, I, can't, yeah, remember I can't remember the, the dimensions. Exact dimensions. Yeah. Is it is it twenty five five? Because it's essentially a fish, right? It's like a performance yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mayhem performance fish. Um, yeah. And I believe that film. Yeah, it, I mean it was Andy, but I think the star of the show, the stars of the show, were Corey Lopez and. Chris Ward, um, but essentially they're riding that in everything, including, I think there's a section where they ride it at fucking Wyomere Shore Break. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, it's called five, five, 19 and a quarter. That's right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So yeah, quite a, a skinny fish. Um, and um, but the what what got my attention is the the five the five inches. Like in my mind, I think. You're only allowed to have an uneven dimension. You can have 5.11, you can have 6.1, and probably 6.3. Every other thing should be an even number. <laughs> well, that's, that's funny. That's, but that's funny because I've got a my single fin, and I don't know if this is just because uh, Hades, our um, uh, illustrious sponsor um, from Hayden Lewis Designs. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if he maybe kind of fell asleep at the planer or something, or um, <laughs> um, maybe had some, uh, you know, funny coffee that, that morning. Um, but yeah, my, my single fin ended up as a 5.11, which you said is acceptable, right? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the 5.11 um, is acceptable, but I've got one, I've got two fish from um, Hades. One is my, the original fish, um, the, which we've talked about before, that, which is now 20 years old, believe it or not. Um, and still fucking still going strong, still going strong, but I've got a, he's got a model called a speed seeker, which is a fucking oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that's five, seven. <laughs> oh, so that's, my not, God. that's not acceptable. Uh, I just fight for some reason. My brain just doesn't, it doesn't compute. Doesn't, no, no. I think I must have some sort of a, a fractal imbalance or or a um, prime number phobia i don't know <laughs> okay, um, and, okay what about this what about a six five fuck off 
That's it. I'm out of here. No, how's this? I've got a. I've got a. This is. This is. Mate, this this ties in perfectly with this episode. It's like having. I have a. I have a gun, but you know, it's like. Sorry. I have a. I have a Salakis. Um. Well, I guess you'd call it a semi gun, and it's a six five rounded pin. Um, and it's actually on the bottom of it. It's called it's called a bagus Bali bagus model something I think I think that's what it is and it's got the picture nice. of the um, the um, you know the classic Balinese uh, dancing oh yeah picture whatever the face that, uh, that face um, like and there. I have ridden that board in some amazing waves on the island of the gods so six five okay okay well and I've actually actually I've also ridden it out six to eight foot cloud break so um um six to the seven foot cloud break <laughs> six to 6.5 foot hmm. okay yeah. oh well you know it could be just me i don't know what about a five uh, three <laughs> <laughs> that's just silly i'll uh, tell you i'll tell you what no something which doesn't go but i'm sure if you i'm sure you can get it from the you know from yeah. the 70s i'm sure there were plenty of six nines oh okay yeah yeah that's okay. an odd that's an odd one anyway sorry sorry sounds wrong i could uh, just keep but, going uh, but it would be really yeah. boring sorry and i uh, just to uh steer us back onto the floater topic ah, yes, uh, my yes. musical my musical floater uh i it was algorithmically sent to me on youtube and i think youtube has finally nailed me um with their it, it, know, it knows you it, it knows me too well it, it sent me a clip of Kermit the Frog and Debbie Harry singing Rainbow Connection. Oh, Debbie. Oh, yeah, Hey, what, what's this I hear about you wanting to do a rainbow song? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I just dig songs about rainbows. Oh, good. What's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. Rainbows have nothing to hide. Can I just ask, did Debbie Harry have a bra on? <laughs> it's, I, I really did notice, and I, I hope that she did because uh, Jim Henson was probably under the desk holding Kermit at the time. So. <laughs> because um, um, you put me on to a, um, an Instagram account. Uh, yeah. Is that what they're called? Called Punk Press. Um, oh, right. Which was, this is follow, following up from our, um, our last episode. Um and on Punk Press, which I spent like an hour the other night going through, I'm not, I'm, I never, never, never do this on Instagram because I'm not a big fan of actually trawling through Instagram. But Punk Press did. is where well, Punk Press is really interesting. And um, every single image of Debbie Harry, she seems to be um, not wearing a bra. Okay. Well, I, I, I haven't really noticed that but uh i do notice that she's extremely photogenic like i don't think i've ever seen uh, like a bad photo of of um deborah harry 
And um, did the, the, another thing, actually, linking, we are doing lookbacks, linking to our last episode, there's a great thing on that Punk Press account, and it has the fantastic black flag for rectangles, right? Oh, yes. And, and, and it says, you don't actually like black flag, you just think the, the, the logo's cool. <laughs> I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah. But interestingly, that black flag logo was designed by... I might get his name wrong. It's some Pettibon, Raymond. I think it's Raymond Pettibon. Right. And he also uh, designed the, so, so the black flag for Stripe thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the famous Sonic, iconic Sonic Youth um, um, album cover for Goo, you know. No way. Um, with that, that um, cartoony kind of, sort of. The kind of 50s, 60s cartoony. Ray yeah, Lick, yeah. Ray, Lick, Ray Lichtenstein type. Um, exactly. And Brad's, actually... Brad's going to kill me or whatever it is. Yeah, we killed my parents and hit the road. That's right. Um, exactly. Exactly. Well, he, if you search for him on Instagram, at the moment he's doing a whole series of surfing-related artworks. Ooh. Uh, and they're really quite interesting. They're not your kind of uh, average... Um, surf art uh quite interesting um yeah so definitely worth checking out um we don't really talk about art enough probably um but yeah raymond pettibon check him out um yeah getting all you're getting all cultured on the bloody show yeah yeah bit of culture um now (laughs) oh maybe we should do a look back for at least and we've got another correspondence from uh from the dudley jesus getting He's getting, getting right in there. Um, shout out to Brother Dud. Um, he said, um, hang on, let's find this. He said, um, hi, uh, enjoyed your latest. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. Hey, guys, loved your last show, 1984. Your reference to Oingo Boingo. I'm sure you already know this. I just found out the lead singer, Danny Elfman, composed the Simpsons theme. Bloody hell. No way. Wow. I don't know where to take that, but that's just a little fact. These guys are um, ubiquitous. Mm. I don't know if it's, it's... I don't know whether it's us... Or whether it's um, just the universe, but Oingo Boingo <laughs> just keep coming up again. I think and I just again, like saying again. Oingo Boingo. Just, well, yeah, you won't believe it, but um, they're going to come up again later on. So uh, no fucking way. Okay, we'll save that for later. <laughs> maybe. Wow. Um, so thanks, Dudley, for the feedback again. Go um, Dudley. Love it. And. Um, Oh, uh, uh, just a quick. Oh, anyone else? And sorry, anyone else who is listening, please do communicate with us through. Uh, oh yeah, shacktales at gmail.com or on tales from the shack Instagram or Soundwaves does a B Instagram or snail mail or smoke yep. signals pigeon whatever you want to however you want. I think more iTunes podcast reviews would be good. We've got a couple of good ones from. Pablo the pool cleaner and um, a couple of others. So, yep, that would yep. be nice. Five stars. We're all five star reviews so Jeez. far. So we're yeah. I think we've got five five star reviews. So we're Woo. killing it. Absolutely. 
tell your friends um and the, the crew on the uh the the luxury yacht selling tahiti i mentioned the other day they're um they actually are, were at, down at the chopes um mega swell so no way for, for that and we've got a few extra listeners on the crew apparently um yeah, one of the crew members passed it on to someone and they listened to six episodes back to back. Go, son or or, or daughter. Yeah, that's I don't the yeah. one. How good's that? No, I don't awesome. know if that's that's advisable, think, but <laughs> yeah, six episodes. I think that, that should come with a definite health warning. But um yeah. and thank another, you nonetheless. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And um uh-huh. spoke to a guy at the surf who said he, he had a listen and um he said, I started from episode one and and I was going, ooh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I I think it's good to keep that, those early ones up, but uh, sound quality, not 100%. Yeah. I don't know. But well, you, know, you, live, you, live gotta, you live and learn. You live and learn. Well, I think it's good to keep them up as a, as a testament to how far we've um, progressed or, <laughs> or not progressed. <laughs> exactly. Or uh, devolved. Have you got your uh, boarding pass? You got your your visa sorted out? Got my twenty five US. Um, yep. Yep. I have. Um, I've I've been growing my hair out a bit so I can get it all um, mm-hmm. braided. Yep. And... I've been um, sitting on the back uh, veranda with a bit of aluminium foil, just trying to tan myself up a bit. Just to... <laughs> absolutely. And. Um, uh, Hopefully, I'm not going to be on a flight like we were on once on a Garuda flight, um, where there was a whole the whole mid middle section of the plane was a group of uh, group of youngsters who, um, or people obviously younger than us, who by the you know much to the um, the dismay of the flight staff managed to get multiple bottles of spirits oh. including including a bottle of fucking absinthe on the flight oh. and um yeah needless to say by the by the time the uh, however whatever it is five and a half hour flight um landed in denpasar um things were getting pretty fucking, were out well wow. no but it was a different time but yeah it was pretty rowdy and uh yeah mm. oh i'll That's tell you great. can i, well, can, I give you a, can i give you a, yeah. a, a funny anecdote we this this is actually a coming home from Bali. So um, we were coming home on a on a Garuda flight once. Um, you know the it's whatever it is the midnight flight or the the eleven fifty flight or whatever. Yeah. And um, we <laughs> we got on the plane and we put our stuff in the in the uh, oh no we got on the plane and went to you know where our seats were and went to put our stuff in the overhead locker. And this um, 
lady from, uh, I won't cast any aspersions, but I would say that she was probably from the Western, the, the, the deep Western reaches of, um, of Sydney. Yeah. Um, she had a good tan, lots of tattoos, a bintang t-shirt on and her hair in cornrows. <laughs> and she arced up um, and called the uh, flight attendant because we were trying to put our bags in her overhood head locker. No way. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we kind of, I think we just thought, no, nah, this is, this is a bridge too far and just went and put our bags in um, another one and uh, <laughs> let, let her go off her brain at the, uh, at, at the uh, flight attendant. And uh, yeah, very quickly, you know, put the headphones on and head down and get me home, please. Yeah, it's uh, it's a create it's a it's like a, a form of I don't know, Hunger Games on some of those uh, some of those flights. <laughs> it is, and the 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 Garuda flights are always good good fun though. They are uh, yeah a, a yeah. wild mix of uh, a wild mix of people. So yeah, yeah crazy. Um, so right. Bali, we're Bali. here. What mm. so what 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 uh what prompted this and where are we where are we going. Um, I don't, I don't, can't remember what prompted it. Um, but was it, was it red gum. Ah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So yeah, so I don't know what the reason was, but I maybe it was the uh, maybe again it was the um, the uh, the gremlins in the uh, in in the in the machine that popped up um, red gums. I've been to Bali too, or maybe that was because it was because it wasn't in 1984. That's for sure. Anyhow. Yeah, red, red gum, barley, just seemed like a good idea to just do a one-off kind of. Let's let's go to barley yep. too. Yeah. Um, okay. How many times do you reckon you've been to Bali? Did you did you go in the? You weren't one of these uh, lucky ki- lucky no. kids whose family took them there when they were like fucking no. ten no, years I old. I remember. Okay. Well, a good a good mate um, and a huge fan of of, of the program, uh, the mole, um, mm-hmm. the mole uh, on the uh, upper reaches of the. Would you call it the mid north coast or is it? Are we, yep. we still yeah. yeah okay the yeah, upper reaches yeah. of the mid north coast um he went there repeatedly as a uh, as oh, a young you. a, a young teen and uh, always used to regale me with um stories of uh heading out to Kuta Reef and you know mm-hmm. invariably probably um getting shacked and you know getting coming back with all the uh, all the requisite things the uh the the bin tank shirts and the um, the various rip off clothes and uh, yeah. of course of course the uh, all of the all of the the uh, rip off tapes and and whatever else so yeah 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 I mean well my sister went 
quite uh, in would have been sort of mid eighties, I'm guessing, uh, a bit older than me. And she, all I remember is her coming back with a yeah, a, a, a bag full of seemed like a bag full of barley tapes, um, which uh, yeah, that they were quite amazing. The little uh, copy, basically rip off cassette tapes of albums and stuff. They kind of looked so like kind of cheesily homemade, but in in a good way. But they for some way. reason had this. They had this kind of almost like an official seal mm, kind of on yeah, them. Yeah, I remember that. Which, I do that. I which do is remember. kind of weird. Like that that a that a counterfeit forgery has to have a seal of approval. Like this is a this is an authentic uh, copy. Well, it's funny because authentic it's, forgery. It, this is this has nothing to do with barley, but I do remember in my uh, uh, in my early days of um, smoking the smoking the devil's weed. Um, the best thing that you could ever get was uh, red seal hashish from Morocco, and that had that that had a similar sort of um, official <laughs> official kind of uh, yeah. uh, whether it was a stamp or a, a kind of golden uh, leaf kind of uh, wrapping to it or something. It was like you know, <clears throat> I'm sure that it was just some guy in the back of his. Uh, uh, you know, back of his farm in the Atlas Mountains, wrapping yeah. things in a bit in a bit of uh, tin foil, but um, it's like major, a, on her Majesty's, major, major feel. you know, exactly, her Majesty's official weed, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've got a um, I've, I've got a kind of quite a uh, let's call it a prophetic. Um, well, it's not prophetic. Let's call it a a parallel with. Um, society to make about barley and um and counterfeit goods Um, okay because along the all along the years it seems to me that barley's kind of been either i can't i can't work out if it's a step ahead or a step behind you know because there was of course um counterfeit counterfeit what what do you want to call them fake cassettes and we all we all know the, the cassettes you just mentioned them then of course um there was the fake CDs, and mm-hmm. um, I remember there was a period where uh, all the rage were there were there were shops and shops and shops in Bali of um, f- uh, fake or copied DVDs and the same the same sort of thing. And that, but these were actually these looked really dodgy because essentially they had um, you know that someone had got a, a color photocopier and photocopied yeah. the the DVDs and and invariably, you know, I remember my sister went to Bali once and she must have bought a, about a hundred fucking DVDs, you know, and, and yeah. a, a huge percentage didn't work or only worked um, a little yeah. bit or or whatever. And then of course you got. Um, there were internet cafes, which just oh, seemed yes. like just seemed like a, a thing of the past when you think about internet cafes, right? That's right. They, yeah. they littered Bali. They were they were everywhere. Internet cafes, and then actually Bali. I I think Bali was one of the first places that I travelled. Um, you know, and travelled travelled fairly extensively. The first places that literally within an instant there just was Wi-Fi everywhere, and it was. Free Wi-Fi. Yes. There was no passwords. You just fucking got on the Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. And I, I remember at the time going back to Sydney, and you know, the, the, you'd be hard placed to find Wi-Fi anywhere in the fucking yep. 
sitting. Yeah, and, yeah, it's but, funny, but, hey. But but in Bali, it was just everywhere. So so I mean, I I I can't work out whether that's Bali being ahead of the time or behind the time or just kind of maybe Bali is in its own time altogether. Yeah, I think I think it's just that kind of adaptability to market forces um yeah. Yeah. In, in sort of lightning speed and and that mm-hmm. enterprising kind of just can do spirit <laughs> with probably very little um in the way of regulation to slow anything down well, so can, you know. can do and will do and will keep smiling about it you know i mean obviously the Balinese yeah. are, are renowned for for being just the most lovely people <clears throat> i was watching a a doco on um uh, called the year Bali tourism stopped uh, oh. foreign, uh, the, the foreign correspondent um, yeah, on, right. on YouTube. And they, the guy goes over to Nusa Lombong and, and um, there's, they interview a guy who had literally weeks before COVID had converted his house into a little um, kind of, uh, well, converted part of his house into a, a little um, accommodation, I suppose. Oh, or, right. You know, yeah. And then, you know, after having a couple of guests, everything kind of ground to a halt. And uh, he and his family have gone back to farming seaweed. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's, yeah. So obviously not making um, in anywhere near as much money, but making enough money to survive. And, yep. uh, you know, um, that's kind of the adaptability and positivity of the Balinese is, uh, is pretty yep. much unrivaled i would say yeah and even even uh even the criminal element i think is just amazingly uh smart uh, this my uh mrs bodger went up uh, on a on a sort of a girl's trip to bali once and one of her friends was um day one you know put it trying to get money out of the atm and this bunch of Balinese kind of crowded around the atm it, sort of ostensibly trying to help her uh unbeknownst to her before she even realized they'd pressed the cancel button on the atm machine and her card popped out and they took the card and so and so one of them runs off and so she's still at the machine totally unaware that her card's gone and then they're just saying i just put your pin number in and then so sure enough she goes to put a pin number in they watch her and then another guy runs out with now who's got the pin number so they got the pin number and the card within like a minute and it's like it's it's almost like this kind of magician skill of sleight of hand and um well speaking of which i um i once made the stupid mistake of going to the kind of one of those uh money exchanges that literally it looks like a they're in a it's like a it's almost like in like yep. a port a portaloo type thing you know tardis or something yeah <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, in, in a back street of Legian or whatever, and you, and of course, that's the, the one thing you don't do. And you know, I was convinced, yeah, no one's gonna fucking uh, yeah. rip me off. And I, I mean, I, I think I must have only changed, let's say it was $50 or something, so it wasn't the, the end of the world, but um, you know, ostensibly it was all there. He counted it and double counted it, it he laid it all out. And I yeah. saw it all, and then of course, when it got into my hand, it was half as much. And uh, yeah, you know, I had the same. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and do you know what it what like? He pointed to the calculator, 
like and at the split set and i'm going don't look away don't look away because like i'm just staring at the money because <laughs> i knew it was right and i'm going don't look away and he's pointed to the calculator and i swear i must have just flicked my eyes over for a second and that's when he just must have dumped half the wad on his lap you know behind the desk <laughs> because i didn't notice for another i was in g land i count my money just going oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> But you kind of always think, well, that was my mistake. Like, uh, like you know what I mean? You almost Absolutely. Think, well, you know, that's, I don't know. I went expect. out to see if I could change money again. <laughs> that was my mistake. Um, yes, well, we that's the beautiful thing about traveling. You've, uh, as, as long as you don't get, um, you know, anything really nasty happen to you, that's uh, it, you, you, you've got to laugh it. about it, really. <clears throat> yeah. So, so um, wh where are we going to go? What I mean, obviously, we've talked a lot about Balinese surf, and I, I, I mean, there's not much we can. Is, is there anything particular you want to talk well, about well, in I, your investigations? Well, there's two things I'd like to. Well, there's two movies, surf movies that because there are there's there's obviously the classics. There's you know, Morning of the Earth, obviously, you know, and I mm -hmm. think yeah, you're right. Steve Cooney's first wave at Ulu is probably being done to death. The whole story of how Uluwatu was discovered. I mean, yep, it's, yep, it's yep. awesome, awesome kind mm -hmm. of stories. Um, but yeah, like, the, and as far as a really good movie to watch, if you want a good overall view of Indo, uh, is called Ulu 32. Yeah, I've and, seen that before. That's a great film. And amazingly, um, my um, guitar teacher has a track on it um and our old uh, economics teacher mr milton brown's got a few tracks on it um, nice <clears throat> and andrew kidman's got a song but basically it is a distillation of about 20 amazing sort of you know iconic um surf movies um related to <clears throat> barley yep, um yep. and and it does go further afield to indo but i think that's that's um you know fair enough because well, there's I, a, in, in I, fact, there's I a think, there's a great section in that where I think the hot buttered gang they go to Sumbawa yeah. and surf periscopes and it just looks yeah exactly really really well, good. how's yeah. this like these are the movies that Ulu Thirty Two has got snippets from Morning of the Earth Tubular Swells and Storm Riders um, Sultans of Speed which I think is the hot buttered one mm -hmm. uh, what's another one the Quicksilver Pro so all the G Land Pros Oof. from ninety five six yeah. seven eight yeah. it's got pretty much it, it so many iconic indo <coughs> moments it's got like you know kelly slater's amazing barrel at speedies um and then there's um sort of more modern stuff like the um uh, uh seven days and seven slaves um yep. filmed by hollywood shout out to hollywood and um yeah so th there's some really good stuff in that just some iconic um stuff i suppose and that that like if you're going to watch one sort of indo movie that this the music i mean apart from those musicians i mentioned the music is a little bit elevatory but still worth watching for sure but the, these two movies which i they're kind of i think they're like the the lost movies that i can't seem to check down there's one called barley high oof well and, that's because that's the one that i want to talk about but yeah oh, awesome well well, you, well maybe you, you know more about but interestingly that was re-released in our favorite year of 1984 oof. um and another one called sea of darkness uh, a film that basically got completely 
quashed by the uh, mm. the big surf companies, right? Yeah, I mean, I tried my very limited, um, uh, you know, reaches of the of the dark web. I couldn't find it no. using someone... Chrome instead of Safari. That's as that's as deep <laughs> into the web I go. I don't know if there's some conspiracy, but it seems like someone. Well, you do. To... I mean, the 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 conspiracy being that it obviously documents um the discovery of uh, gland but also the fact that lots of the people who ended up uh, not necessarily running but some of them running some of the biggest surf companies uh, may have got their fingers a little bit dirty with uh, drug running drug trade yeah yeah, yeah. bali in 1975 was the best place on earth you had to hang on to your lives and hang on to your wives it was the morning of the earth. Now it's all traffic and billboards out there. But then it was like a little village. In 75, at the end of the Vietnam War, Bali ended up being a, a melting place. We had a lot of soldiers, the Air Force guys, people from everywhere just started to converge on the place. There was a certain nihilism that grew out of the 60s. And when people came back from the Vietnam War, they were spat on, they were disregarded, their service was totally forgotten. It would be very easy to have a total disregard for society after that. It would be very easy to take a step from there into the dark side. In the mid-70s, Bali was awash with heroin, hash, any drug you could name. Surface in those days, they would live off smuggling and, you know, sustain their existence in Bali. When you're swallowing a pound of pure ether-washed cocaine, the major thing that goes through your mind is the obvious. Is my packaging going to work? If this bursts, I'm dead. Surfing's an addiction, and it's a bit like a sexual addiction almost. You know, you've got to get it all the time, and if you can't own it, you get a hit of it, and you've got to work really hard to get another one, and you can't dictate terms. It's really good surfing. I think it is that the fact you can't own it which sucks you into it. That is why so many people decided it was probably easier to smuggle dope and get large amounts of money for a small amount of work and then live off the proceeds and go surfing. And I think a lot of the reasons that, that surfing became such part of the, the drug culture is to feed that addiction to surfing. It's caused a lot of people to take dark tracks to support the habit. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So I have to try and check that one down. Um, I actually um, watched a really interesting uh, film, which is is available on on YouTube, and it's called Bali Heaven and Hell, and it's oh, okay. it's only it's only twenty four minutes long, but it was um, it's by Phil Jarrett, and oh yes, um, yes. Basically, it talks about kind of Bali, the history of Bali, tourism and surfing in Bali. And the fact that, I mean, it's, it's through the eyes of Phil Jarrett, who's, who first went there in 74, so kind of just after um, Morning of the Earth. Um, and there's, a, there's a great, in the, uh, in the little doco, there's a great photo um, of a group of guys standing at um, a classic guest house in Cuda. And there's, you know, there's Phil Jarrett, there's um, Maurice Cole, there's um yeah a whole host of uh kind of um 
luminaries from from mm. the age um and they interview a whole lot of people but the interesting thing about the film is it kind of shows that bali over the centuries has constantly been just exploited and pretty fucked up in many ways right um, yeah whether it was whether it was by the um by the Dutch, of course, who um, actually the Dutch or the Portuguese? Well, no, the no, the Dutch. The Portuguese were in a different part of Indonesia, but the ah um, uh, okay, the Dutch. Well, the Dutch essentially had most of Indonesia um, under their control, but the they company. were they actually started um, the tourist industry like a hundred year over a hundred years ago. Um, yeah, wow. People people were going to Bali that long ago. Um, in fact, who is it? It's someone like I'm going to say it's someone like fucking Charlie Chaplin or something. Like Tourism in Bali began almost a century ago and had its first golden age in the 1930s when artistic communities flourished in Ubud and Sanur, and celebrity visitors like Charlie Chaplin helped put it on the world stage. Once the international airport opened in 1969. Hippies on the Overland Dope Trail and surfers who had heard rumours of perfect waves ushered in the new era of tourism. Long considered a place of ill winds and bad spirits, Kuta Beach boasted two hotels as far back as the late 1930s. But it never really hit the tourist radar until the new era of hippies and surfers in the 1970s. You know, so the Dutch obviously they were a colonial power. That's not the, um, you know, there's positives and negatives. Of course, nature um, has screwed Bali mm. over many times. That Mount Agung is um, not yeah. only is it not only is it very sacred, but it's also very dangerous. So um, that's caused that's wreaked havoc over the millennia. Sure. Um, and of course, Jesus, um, the Suharto. Su- government um uh, well, i assume it's Sahata, but anyway there, you know there were for for many a, a year there were death squads running around bali God, killing yeah. all sorts yeah. of all sorts of people um and you know obviously the bali bombing and then you could probably just argue that um humans have really put the nail in the coffin on um on on, on many many uh, levels it, it, from from Bali, um, yeah. uh, the Balinese, despite the um, best efforts of Western culture to completely fuck them up, they they have managed to keep their uh, um, their culture so mm. so strongly intact. I mean, it's it's you know yeah. it, it's quite it, it's quite mind blowing how every little aspect of their lives is is so meticulously maintained now of course there are of course i'm i'm sure there's massive changes um, from uh, you know the 70s to now but there's still a hell of a lot of things that seem to be um maintained which you know coming from a a very distilled culture such as ours it's um it does seem quite admirable really yeah yeah, and it, it it's and even in the young generation, it seems that they obviously the, the younger generations obviously got their modern um, influences. But you know, you talk to 
you know, you have interactions with the locals at Bali and, and invariably you'll say, you know, what, well, what are you doing later on in the week or what are you doing tomorrow? And they'll say, oh, I have to go back to my village for a, um, yep. a ceremony or whatever. So there's, there's, yep. there's yep. still, um, that still seems pretty strong, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Which does look pretty cool. It's, um, you know, they, it, it's a very, when was it made? Late 70s, I think. Um, uh, no, yeah, uh, 81 was originally right, okay. made. Okay, okay. Um, but the there is a, a very interesting parallel to be made between the film Barley High and what we were talking about before with the uh, basically pirating everything because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you, you read about this, but um, the film had a soundtrack, but then they, the filmmakers realised that, hey, maybe they should have asked for permission to use all of the music that they put on the film. Yeah. Um, and so um, the soundtrack, um, there, were, there were all sorts of um, different um, artists on the soundtrack. Um, Can uh, I guess? Fix... fix Rolling Stones, I don't know who Fix are, Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd, um, and Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Fucking Oingo Boingo. Um, but then the filmmakers uh, realised that, hey, um, probably we don't have the money or the uh, ability to get permission to use all of this. So what they did is they went and asked a, a guy from Kauai called Michael Senna, S-E-N-A, who's a kind of session musician, my understanding is. And um, he recorded the whole soundtrack. And um, it's quite interesting, actually, because it's got, it's, it's kind of got a, uh, uh, it's quite eclectic, really. Um, he's, he's got some kind of Floydy type stuff. He's got some more kind of, uh, well, Oingo Boingo-esque stuff. There's more kind of rocky stuff. Um, there's a bit of jazzy um, stuff on there as well. Uh, the yeah. If you go on to um, uh, Spotify, you, you can uh, the button and just type in Barley High OST. Um, you've got the whole, um, the whole um, soundtrack there. Um, and it's got a fantastic album cover, I must say, which is... Uh, it's oh yeah, a, I think I said, yeah, it's a dreamy. Um, it's a dreamy album cover, a, and a, a right hander, which is uh, quite interesting mm. for um, yeah. for. Um, and Bali. the yeah. the uh, the album is called Bali High Adventure Through T H R U Surfing's Most Colourful Frontiers.
Johnson on a hideous sand-sucking monster prepares for mind expansion as he drills it into the black hole. Nice, yeah. Mm. Um, now I've seen that cover; it looks amazing. And um, mm. the you know that's interesting. The the, the fact that, that the whole uh, soundtrack was done by one guy. I wonder if he listened to each of the of the original tracks and 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 did his own interpretation of, of each but um you know, there's, a, there's, some an of interesting, the... there's an interesting interview um with michael senna on a an a crazily uh, um named site which i've got to explore a bit more of called aquariumdrunkard.com <laughs> that's 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 great aquarium drunkard yeah yeah um but interestingly um barley high um came from uh the maybe maybe there's another origin but um there is an expression which is barley high h a apostrophe i um and barley high is a song in the film south pacific from 1958 right there you go so so i'm um uh it's actually quite an have you ever watched south pacific it's quite a no i might have to yeah, it's, uh, well, you like you don't mind your musicals, do you? Um, Love a good musical. Yeah, well, this um, one's this one's interesting. And in the if you if you listener if you um, go onto YouTube and uh, search for Barley High from South Pacific, um, it's on the Rogers and Hammerstein channel, as it would be because they are <laughs> South Pacific. And yeah. the one of the stars of the film looks scarily like Jeremy Flores. So that's that's a movie I'll have to try and see because because Barley High I think it's got yeah eighty one so I think it had like like a young or youngish Tom Carroll. Yep, um, yep. I'm not. Have you seen the movie? Um, well, no, I've just seen bits and pieces because you can get yeah. little there's little, little scarics that you can little clips yep. that you can get. Does it have Thornton Philander in it? That's what I would. Oh have. my god! I was going to mention Thornton Philander a because it's <laughs> the best name ever, Thornton yeah. Philander. And he just seems like, I mean, I think I mentioned Hardcore. him. Uh, there's a shot of him doing this amazing barrel to cut back in uh, at Nias. Yeah, I, I think it was two Sharon O'Neill's Asian Paradise. I think I might have mentioned right, that. Before. That's right. But yeah, I remember. I remember. As a, I remember as a kid having going through magazines because you 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 know your magazines would have the all the usual stuff, and then occasionally you'd get these kind of stories of. Nias, for example, and there was always fucking Thornton Philander. Just he was always there at Nias. Yeah, he's like, like the Forrest Gump of of surfing, isn't he? <laughs> His name just keeps popping up. But uh, mm. other names that I seem to pop up early on, uh, there's like Peter McCabe. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know much about him anymore, and obviously Jim Banks, um, yep. who's still um, shaping and living in Bali, I believe. Yep. Um, winner, winner of the, um, another thing that I remember as a kid, the, the Om Bali oh, Pro. 
Yes, um, yes. What was Om? Is that like a, That's a good brand question. of chocolate milk or something? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and Listener, yeah, tell yeah. us. Write in yeah. and tell us. We'll have to figure that one out. But um, to, to, to hit a bit of a musical, um, the musical side of things, yep. as far as other Balinese influences, I, I found this quite interesting. I was reading, um, it's a fantastic book. I might have mentioned it before. It's David Byrne, um, and it's called How Music Works, right. which is um, very ambitious title. Um, but he talks about Bali and that he was actually told um, to go to Bali, not by Charlie Chaplin, but by, get this, our good old mate Brian Eno. Of course. Um, you know, if Brian Eno tells you to go to Bali, you, you hop on the next flight for sure. Eno, also, Eno pray love. <laughs> oh, my God, that's the next album title. We've got to tell him to do that. That's so good. But also Tony Basil. Get out of town. Yeah, I didn't realize. Oh, Mick, Tony oh Basil Mickey, not, you're so funny. Not only looks great in a cheerleader outfit, she's actually a choreographer. She choreographed, if that's a word. Um, Choreographed, I think, is uh, the word. Once, once in a lifetime. Um, no. For David Byrne. So she's, she's um, you know, the big suit, the, the, the hand gestures, Tony Basil. Have I mentioned on this podcast, there's a video on YouTube of Tony Basil, who's now like 70-something, dancing. Wow. And she, no. mate, she is amazing. She's just still got it. Tony Basil. I have to, I have to check that out. Check it out, but, people. But this is uh, a bit of, so of David Burns. So basically, his visit to Bali sowed the seeds for Stop Making Sense. That, no way. Um, the whole performance, which, which uh, again, I'd recommend our listener to check out the whole uh, stop making. But is sense that because of the is that because of the the kachuk dance or whatever? Or? No, more more the more the um the vibe uh, right. of okay. just how performance. So I think our Western idea of performance is you um you pay your money for a ticket, you sit down, and you watch the show with undivided attention and then you yep. leave and that and yep. and it's that the performance in our western sense is very segregated from the rest of the work of our daily life mm-hmm. um whereas what he found in bali was is these performances and rituals are going on seemingly kind of melding in with with day-to-day life um and so what what he said he said um I was struck by um the peripheral aspects of these performances the audiences mostly local villages of all ages. As he's talking about Balinese kind of ritual performances. He says, mm-hmm. the villagers of all ages weren't paying attention half the time. People would wander in and out, go get a snack from the cart or leave to smoke a gudang cigarette and then return to watch some more. The Balinese shows were completely integrated into people's daily lives or so it seemed to me. There was no attempt to formally separate the ritual and the show from the audience. Everything seemed to flow into everything else. 
the food, the music, and the dance were all just another part of daily activity. Oh, that's, um, cool. that's really good. Yeah. So I might have just mumbled my words a bit there, but you get the gist. Well, and, it and also, so- that also kind of that also it's a there's an interesting connection there between um, between that and what we talked about before about the fact that the Balinese can just incorporate all of their kind of religious customs into daily life as well mm. you know yeah yeah exactly it, it, it just you know it's it's not like we go to church on a sunday or whatever and well not that we mm. not that not the us western heathens do that very often anyway but you know the balinese there seems to be this kind of constant um aspect mm. of uh, of worship and it's kind of it's to me that there's some sort of symmetry there yeah so basically that in 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 stop making sense when this the whole performance starts with nothing on the stage and as the show progresses more and more instruments and performers appear on the stage and that that was kind of the vibe he was after that kind of almost peripheral setting up and going on while the sh- and so he wanted you to see the roadies pushing all the stuff he wanted to see the behind the scenes stuff which i hmm. found fascinating but oh, um good. yeah good, re- good research dazza that's really Mate, super interesting we go deep here at Soundwaves. big time big time um <clears throat> there's also a, a sort of a nascent punk scene in in bali which i found interesting there's an article mm-hmm. by jed smith smithy um mm-hmm. about in monster children about um the punk scene in Bali, which is interesting. And he said, um, there's one logical explanation for the remarkable aptitude of so many Indonesians for musicianship. He says, music in Indonesia is like football in Brazil. Everyone can play. When they say they can't, when they say they can't, you hand them a guitar and they can play three or four songs. When they say they can, they play like fucking Van Halen. And of course, you know, we've talked about it before. You, there, there's gamelan kind of everywhere, really. You know, there's it, oh yeah, whether it's yeah. whether it's whether it's real, whether it's um, recorded, whether you know, there's people practicing or um, you know, actual shows or, or whatever. It's it's kind yeah. of a, it does surround you, which is beautiful, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, well, I, can I, I? I might be dominating the. Um, no, no, go for it. Yeah, but, uh, can I hit you with my Gamelan Sonic Youth theory? Um, yes, please do. Uh, yeah, well, basically, the first time I heard Gamelan, a proper Gamelan performance, and for those who don't know what it is that gamelan's i think basically means orchestra in indonesian but um they're basically percussion kind of drum mm-hmm. tin basically these metal sounding drums and it's quite a trance inducing music um isn't it there's almost like a, but there's, isn't there part of it like a xylophony type thing as well right yeah yeah it's it's all sort of percussive though you know like, yeah like hitting. exactly exactly yeah yeah but basically 
the first time I heard it, I was with Mrs. Bodger and I turned and I said, this sounds like Sonic Youth. And she like looked at me with that look I've seen many times as what the fuck are you talking about? Where's your, it, where is your brain going? Kind of atonality and kind of, uh, I don't know, chiminess uh, uh, that Sonic Youth can, uh, obviously they, they love their noise, but there's this kind of chimey guitar sound that they do so well. And there's, I'll put a few examples. There's a great song called Hyperstation. actually found crazily enough a, a playlist on napster i don't even know, didn't even know napster still existed Jesus. but there's a playlist on napster called sonic youth loves gamelan and no. um basically this um the, inter- the internet is an amazing place internet can bring up everything and so basically um uh this guy who created this sonic youth loves gamelan playlist said indian post rockers have an endless and an endless raft of ambient techno hip-hop and avant-garde um, musicians are simply following a long line of great musicians who've been inspired by gamelan claude debussy john cage and steve reich to name a few oh, right. the orchestra the orchestras play interlocking melodies in a kind of circular rhythmic pattern in gamelan there are no crescendos only a kind of textured now that pulses changes incrementally and then loops back to where it's been its very nature has given its western fans a kind of compositional position to permission i should say to create music that spreads across a plane rather than peaking and dipping in valleys and mountains of sound it's a different way of thinking about melody and rhythm and it's been influential in a development of minimalism ambient well, yeah, techno yeah. and yeah. other styles well no the the ambient techno one is it's you know going back to my um all-time favorite uh aphex twin Gamelan, it's it's almost like a loop, right? It's it's like a yeah, um, yeah. It's it's like a Fairlight loop that just mm. is is kind of going, breathing in, and you know, breathing in the background and kind of um, uh, you know, expanding and contracting in the background. It's uh, yeah, that's wow, that's that's a really interesting article. Yeah, and, and interesting there yeah, because I remember that in G Land at Bobby's at least when whenever lunch is served or any meal for that matter, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, it, it sort of the the instead of the dinner bell, it was the gamelan music yeah, is, is yeah. kind of pipes through the the yeah. whole resort pretty much, and 
And yeah, after a while, it, you, you don't even notice it's playing, but it's in the background sort of doing this weird thing to your brain, I reckon. It kind of just, it, it, it's definitely trance-inducing. If you splash out and spend more than um, 50,000 rupiah on a massage, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you go to a bit more of an up marketplace, there is actually something. If you get a, a really nice massage at a decent place with, that has proper gamelan music playing um, while you're getting yeah. massaged far out, that sends you, right sends, you, sends you off into the, into the, into the clouds around Mount Agung. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a whole heap of sort of gamelan inspired um, songs on that playlist, which I'll put some clips in. We'll put it on the playlist, but there's Bjork, um, Sufjan Stevens. Um, uh, it's amazing. I, and um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so I wasn't as crazy as Mrs. Bodger thought when I no, mate, made you, this Sonic you Youth gamelan connection. You and Bali are both ahead of ahead of the times, mate. Ahead of the times. Well, in my um, my Bali um, music uh, contribution is far 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 less interesting, and um, but in some ways almost as ubiquitous as uh, gamelan, and it's um, Bob Marley legend. Ah, okay. And the only reason that Bob Marley Legend is um, is the, the album that I've chosen for my uh, my Bali uh, sojourn is just that so many times I've been in cars, in, particularly you know cars with a driver in Bali, and um, we've talked about the one uh, album, and I'm, I'm not going to she who shall not be mentioned in a third consecutive episode. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> live DVD that was bad um, uh, however neoprene is, neoprene uh, vest or something uh, yeah I think it's like a it's, isn't it like a, um, a pink uh, body glove rash rash <laughs> vest or something anyway um, <laughs> no uh, purge that from your mind no but just seemed that um, Bob Marley Legend seemed to be the one cassette that was you could always guarantee was in mm. in a uh, in a car. You know, whatever those um, classic uh, are they Suzuki or um, yeah, I'm not like, sure, but those Toyota, yeah, yeah. those those little whatever yeah, they Toyota are, Toyota um, kind of things, <clears throat> yeah. classic taxi sedans. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Um, but they always seem to have Bob Marley's Legend. And um, it's there, there was something quite comforting about being able to kind of cruise up to the Bukit or to Ubud or whatever, and you know have your have your um, your day filled with well, of course, um, Exodus because that, that always clean clears the head. But um, you know your Buffalo Soldiers, Stir It Ups, I Shot the Sheriff, No Woman, No Cry, of course, mm. you know, yeah. um, and. Uh, I did a little bit of investigating into Bob Marley's um, album. And of, of course it's, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, best ofs, but um, Bob Marley legend is uh, actually the biggest selling reggae album of all time. And the 17th best selling album of all time. Um, wow. 
which is pretty mad for a uh, for a compilation. Uh, you know, a greatest hits. I can't. I don't know what other greatest hits albums would be. Um, would be yeah. Uh, probably the Eagles must have the Eagles greatest yeah. hits. I think that's like the biggest, isn't that one of the biggest albums of all time? Maybe, but, uh, but that, yeah, it, I think it seems he, Bob Marley definitely struck a chord or still strikes a chord with sort of almost any culture across the world. Um, well, <clears throat> and you're right. Bob Marley is just, uh, it just transcends kind of cultures. And there is something, mm. um, I, I don't know, maybe there is a nice kind of little thing there between um, the, the real uh, upbeat uh, personas of the Balinese and, and and Bob Marley's kind of message as well, which is, you know, kind of, um, it has that same, mm. keep your culture, but um, be, be positive about it and, uh, you know, get on with things, fight the, fight the powers that be, but um, try and do it in a, in a kind you of, and, uh, and, an, uh, upright and uh, positive way so yeah I don't know what that's uh, that's there's no kind of necessary link to Bali but it's just in my own Bali experience it, 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 he Bob always seemed to be always seemed to be there so uh, performance this uh this evening um well uh i was i I think we should mention rizal and i probably am mangling his name rizal tang tanjung my name rizal tanjung i'm from bali i'm 24 years old i'm not gay surfing is so great because you know every time you catch a wave it's different than uh, the other way, you know. So just like you know, you have sex with, I don't know, di- with a bunch of different girls every time, you know. When I was younger, it's uh, not too many surfboard around, you know. So we have to share uh, like one surfboard with three people, you know. So we take a turn. So we, two two guys sitting on the beach and uh, the other guy surf. So we take a turn. <laughs> oh, you grown up in Bali, you see all the pros coming, you know. When you young, a little kid, you see all the, you know. Ronnie Burns, Jerry Lopez, Peter McCabe, and all the, you know, old school surfers, like, so, you know, every time those guys here in Bali, I'm stoked to, you know, to be around and surf with those guys, you know, I just, I want to surf, improve my surfing, and I want to get better and better every time. Uh, probably the Balinese surfers have not give, been given their due to how much they've probably influenced modern surfing like that style the balinese style um i don't know it's mainly seems to be goofy footers um but um rizal is definitely there's lots of goofy footers. it's just that laid back laid back but um dynamic style of the skinny goofy footer which i love a good skinny goofy footer um (laughs) 
there's an epic uh, YouTube um, clip of Rizal and Kelly Slater, the goat surfing padang padang, and they, they're trading waves together. They're dropping in on each other and sort of swerving. Share, sharing uh, the barrel together. Yeah, I've sharing seen that. basils together. It's... Um, uh, it's it's epic um well um and speaking of uh speaking of skinny uh supremely talented balinese uh goofy foots i once um shared a very very small and very dodgy plane back from uh lakey peak um i forget what the uh air, airport is that basically a hut on um on, oh, yeah. on the on the side of the uh is it Dompu or um, it's anyway a town oh, in, sure. uh, in 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 Sumbawa? Um, shared the plane with uh, a guy called Mega Samedi. He's um, you know has won the Padang contest a number of times, and uh, now he's a, um, a full Balinese priest. That's crazy. Mm, yeah, nice. still surfing. Still surfing. Still shredding. Yeah. Nice. Um, wow. Um, and oh, I also, I think we should mention the, um, the kekak dancing, um, the Balinese monkey dance. Uh, the, the Baraka, the iconic kind of movie, uh, which is hard to find, but there is a clip of the of the of the dance in that, which is. Um, I've actually, I've actually got that. Um, I've got Baraka on DVD. Um, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd strongly advise people to uh, take some um, sort of mind-altering mm-hmm. substances and watch Baraka. Um, that's, I think that what that's why it was designed because it, um, it's definitely a trip. Um, yeah, yeah. A, uh, a mushroom smoothie in the back streets of Kuda um, would, would do it for you, I reckon. They call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. The mushrooms of Bali, the quick and sure way to a pulsating Bali high and sometimes Bali belly. We take a quick tour past some of Kuda's more infamous restaurants and check out a Goong's where we discover a poor Frenchman already in the grip of omelet psychosis miles around running down my prescription i got medicine during this alternate state of mind the natural inclination is to seek out water where you can cool off and get centered but some of the sights on the beach are enough to send you spinning out all over again I have to mention one more thing musically is 
I know I didn't, well, Morning of the Earth has probably been overdone with barley, but I just think the music from Barley, barley Waters, um, I think it, it was, um, which was um, uh, Tarm and Shud. Um, I just think it, 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 I pretty much always have that song or tune in my head when I'm surfing Uluwatu. Um, <laughs> Because to me, it's it's one of the perfect. It's almost like you remember, like Peter and the Wolf, where every instrument in the orchestra had a different role. Like the, yeah. the oboe yeah. was the oboe was the was the wolf, and the and the flute was the bird, or whatever. I, I just think in that in that tune, Barley Waters, the the flute is uh, Steve Cooney, and, and the rest of the band are the are the wave. Yeah, nice. That's that's great. Yeah. over the over the reef um have you um just complete aside have you ever listened to the peter and the wolf um the full album of peter and the wolf it's epic hey oh as a mm. kid yeah um, well, I mean, well as an adult um, no there's an amazing um uh edition of peter and the wolf with the full orchestra and whatever narrated by david bowie what yeah that, yeah wow i'm gonna get straight youtube off this, it um... youtube it it's um it's epic wow. and i mean the wow. you know the the music for peter and the wolf is out of control anyway but uh yeah with 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 david bowie wow. um narrating it's phew, gold gold standard this is the story of peter and the wolf each character in this tale is going to be represented by a different instrument of the orchestra. For instance, the bird will be played by the flute, like this. Here's the duck, played by the oboe. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. Early one morning, Peter opened the gate and went out okay. into the big. It's oh, almost that's... it's almost as it's almost as gold as a a red gum um, copy. Awesome. Or, well, I... we have speaking of red gum, we haven't really you know um, you know we haven't really talked too much about a case of barley belly and a tropical rash. Yeah, it's uh, I, I've had neither of those. Amazingly, um, Jesus, I, I, I I've got had... I've got the weakest guts in the world, but I've never had, uh, you know, oh, I've never had barley belly, which is well, I'm you know, I'm famous for my tropical rashes, but unfortunately, um, they usually only appear on day ten of a of an Indonesian uh, sojourn. So, but uh, I, I did once have a um, 
about of Bali Belly that fortunately didn't start until I got back home to Australia. But oh, that's um, nice. So I went on a three week trip to Indo, surfed my brains out, and then I had two weeks off work when I got. Home. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. perfect timing. Uh, oh, good. It was uh, great. I had, I had a paid holiday and then paid sick sick leave. It wasn't very fun, actually. I was on the no two was, weeks. Uh, it was bloody hell. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's 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 a souvenir. You should have just got your hair braided, really. But, but you know the thing is, it's for me. Whenever I've had food poisoning, it's you know exactly what gave you food poisoning. Oh, it's terrible! Isn't it? It, was, it, it was it was it uh, was you know I was super super careful. I'm usually pretty careful when I go to the tropics because of uh, my mm. very weak <laughs> my my Scot my Scottish constitution, um, but. On the last morning, my guard was down and I went and had a fucking whatever it was. It was a pancake or something and something wasn't right, but I ate it anyway. And then yeah, the only the only saving grace was there must be nothing, nothing worse than having Bali Belly on the 1155 Garuda flight back to Sydney. Yeah. Jesus. Well, <laughs> on <I> that can... <laughs> note. <laughs> uh, can we have a quick quiz? Absolutely. Okay. I got two questions. Um, okay. Jerry Lopez famously was in um, Torquay and saw a picture of Wayne Lynch. Um, this was in a health food restaurant in Torquay. Mm -hmm. And he looks up and sees this poster of Wayne Lynch in a perfect barrel. And he says to the owner, where is that? And the owner says, that's Uluwatu. And Lopez said, I'm um, pretty much got on the next plane and um, went there for the first time. So this is around 74. Mm -hmm. Who was the owner of the health food restaurant? This is, this in... is a very tough question. No, hang Torquay, on. Victoria in 1974, okay. let's say. Uh... He went on to be a filmmaker. I'll give a very big clue. And made some iconic. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't, 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 don't. don't. Um, Fred Skepsy. <laughs> no. Uh, Jack McCoy. Oh, of course it was Jack McCoy. Wow. That's cool. Like that's that. really cool. Great question, uh, Dazza. That's a fucking great question. So, yeah, you know, I had a good friend that I had grown up with in Hawaii, Jack McCoy, living down there in Torquay, and he had a health food restaurant down there. And we were in it one day. We were down there, you know, during uh, the Bells contest at Easter, and I saw this picture on the wall, and I went, wow, where's that spot? You know, I could see who it was. That's Wayne Lynch. And... Uh, Jack goes, oh, that's Uluwatu in Bali. And I go, man, we're going. And we looked at a map and we made it over here. And man, we thought we died and went to heaven. That was in 1974. Okay, now this next one. In Storm Riders by Jack McCoy, there's a, mm -hmm. there's a clip of, uh, there's a section with Jim Banks at Ulu's. Um, in 1981, the music was by... Which Aussie band? That's actually a very tough question. Okay. Storm, the whole of Storm okay. Riders? No, this, this one section. Yeah. Well, basically, there was a song called Local and or General. Who sung that? Oh, I do know that song. 
local and or general is it like the triffids or something no the models oh the models oh yeah um uh, i like the models i really do Mm. that's a excellent excellent question Okay, a quick question. This isn't a, a, a quiz question, but if you could have any lineup in Bali to yourself for a day, it, I mean, would it be Ulu's or would you would you go somewhere else? Oh God, to you yourself. Well, no, let's say you and a couple, you and you and five mates. Uh, I, I'd have to say Padang because I haven't still yet to surf Padang, right? And I, I think I want to surf it before I get too old and um yep. uh but everyone says the takeoff is easy which yeah, is it nice looks, it's a kind of looks gentle roll in yeah uh i've seen it break twice i've been semi lucky slash unlucky to be have two chances to surf padang both times the comp was on um oh, it was oh. pumping two years in a row to the day pretty much um the padang whatever it's called comp was on uh which is amazing to watch but um painful to watch in a way because it would have been amazing the rip curl padang padang cup um fun Perhaps. funnily enough uh mega samedi the priest uh, won it twice in a row what yeah or but yeah padang looks pretty fun i mean it's probably pretty sketchy too but it, i mean that that um and if you get a good one, you get two fucking juicy two barrels. barrels as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 And an easy paddle out um, by the looks of things. Yeah, so that's true, actually. Oh, I think I might. I, or just I was, just a nice little bingen, three-foot bingen. Oh, gee. Yeah, there is something super say. tasty about three-foot bingen, um, and especially if there's not seven um, reef-rashed is, uh, Italians Isra- falling Israeli, out of the sky. Israelis or Italians falling out of the sky. Uh, how about you um i mean look at the, the the natural thing is to say racetrack low tri- low tide racetrack but um yeah i'm maybe maybe i'm coming with you to padang padang maybe maybe mm-hmm. that's it okay um, i think i would yeah i think i'd i'd have to get a get a single fin out there why not i mean like you said if the i wonder what a fucking and this sounds sacrilegious but i wonder what a mid-length would do out there <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I should can that can that. No, my um, my my, my five eleven single fin would would go oh. uh, super super fun out there. I reckon. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it. Oh, so mate. We, we, we need to just convince the the powers that be to uh, give us Penang. Let us go there. Okay. Just six hours. Totally. By ourselves. For right. sure. Uh, well, well, Stan. Um, mate, I'm just gonna. I, I, I really want to go to Bali. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm due for a, a massage and maybe a low tide sesh out at uh, racetracks. Oh, and then um, Bali Cafe in uh, in Seminyak has the most amazing tuna carpaccio. Fucking hell! I want, I want oh, some of that action! Oh, the food! We didn't even mention the food. Oh, no. like, the food come is, on. 
the food is Marde's Waru, man. This is something I wanted to mention too. Like, I just don't get it in Australia why there isn't a good, I can't think of anywhere we can get good Indo, Indo sort of Bali Indo food. Yeah, like, I reckon a Warung but, um, in, in Sydney. It would be a or, great idea. Where you just, you know, have someone trying to sell you um, DVDs while you're eating your Nazi Goreng. And, <laughs> oh, but you, um, could, you could recreate poppies in, in somewhere in Sydney. That's what I mean. Have you ever, I have you ever had the, Have you ever had the the carved coconut, the, the coconut carved into a monkey face cocktail <laughs> at... Cocktail at at, um, at poppies, my God! No, it's, it's no. To die for, absolutely to die for. Oh wow! Mm. Um, yeah. We could do a whole other episode on that. Well, we maybe we should just do an episode on art and food next time. And, That's and a link great it, link idea. It. Okay, art and food linked to surfing and music. Yeah. There we have it. Art. And music and surf. What Soundwaves is all about. <laughs> cool, mate. All right, Dazza. Um, get shacked. Um, I'm going to definitely Dude. get a at least a one and a half to two foot wave tomorrow morning. Okay. Well, I'm going to do some Wim Hof breathing exercises. <laughs> I realised in my snorkeling that I can hold my breath for about, I don't know, 10 seconds. Probably not enough. <laughs> don't worry. You'll be all right. right, mate. Take it easy. You. Love your work. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.